Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at B'nai Torah Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Today's podcast is on nannies, parents juggling work and family, parents looking for help with children and family life, family relationships that go beyond family members. Families want their children to be safe and loved. They want someone who understands their needs and priorities, but it's certainly more than a typical job because it comes with layers and layers of expectations and emotions, and sometimes guilt. Today we'll talk about the successes and maybe some of the frustrations with finding the right nanny for your family, your child, and your lifestyle. I have two parents at the square table who have nanny experiences to share. Welcome to Melissa Scarfone and Stacy Blass. We chose this topic as one of the parents in the class was discussing her search for a nanny. So let's begin at the beginning. Stacy, can you describe finding a nanny? I had a unusually easy nanny search because as it turned out, uh, my then boss wanted me to come back to work and I wasn't ready to come back to work because I was trying to wait until my son was old enough. Actually, at that time, we were planning to send him to the JCC to daycare. So I was trying to wait. And she said, that's not going to work for you anyway. My nanny knows a nanny. Interview her. She came to our house for lunch one day. And that, I mean, that was it. So I mean, how did she's you been know? with us since Eli was five weeks old. And Eli is? Eli is now two and a half. That's so fantastic. So you've had one nanny the whole time. Very lucky. We've had one nanny the whole time, and which is not... And what were your emotions and what was your process of ex- creating this extended well, family dynamic for yourself? She came to our house the first time, and um, I was not really in love with Eli yet, and she liked just swooped him right up like he like he was hers and I was like you know part of me was like oh that's what this is supposed to be like Mm -hmm. and so that for me made it made me feel very good about her like Eli was going to be very very loved and Eli was colicky and I felt like all he would ever do was cry for me he didn't cry when she was holding him Ever. So you welcomed so, yes. um, her leadership, her ability to, to to show you ways to be comfortable. Oh, absolutely. As a new mom. Absolutely. And give everybody the mini on. And that would on. that would bother a lot of people. I have plenty of friends who had baby nurses actually and let their baby nurses go the second or third day because their baby nurses were telling them what to do. I was perfectly content with life until my baby nurse left. And wasn't telling me what to do. <laughs> right, right. And I was like with this baby by myself. And are you usually someone who shares 
who's open to like sharing that dynamic? I mean, because you're a very strong, professional, assertive person as well. Well, in every other aspect of my life, I'm probably a little bit of a control freak and like, you know, in charge of everything. I mean, I'm an attorney and... You know, my husband would tell you, I'm the one in charge at home. Even even like my nuclear family from childhood, my parents and my sister would tell you I was the boss. Um, but it was totally different when I had Eli. And, so, and, and what a wonderful non-traditional story to begin with. Because to let people know it's okay to invite someone to show you um, a, an easier way. Is, is a great right. blessing to have in your family. Yeah, well, and my boss first said to me, I thought it was, like, terribly mean when she first said it, but I recognize now that it was tremendously helpful for her to maybe not so nicely say it to me that way. When we were talking about that I was going to wait and put him in daycare and that I wasn't ready to go back to work, even though I certainly was not doing well at home, she said to me, Stacy, you're a really good lawyer, Eventually, you'll be a good mom, but you're a really good lawyer. Go back to work, do what you're good at so you can feel good about you, and let someone who knows how to take care of your kid take care of your kid. And at the time, that was, like, so mean. Yeah. But now I'm like, that, that like, really helped turn things around for me. And we've often talked. You've been on our podcast before, and we've talked about how that's a whole nother discussion. Right. That your experience of falling in mm-hmm. love with Eli who you love madly, deeply, perfectly. Oh, I'm obsessed with him now. <laughs> um, you know, was a slow, gradual process. Yes. And so everybody, and especially working moms out there, I think, um, and especially dads even, who are who need time to fall in love and be the parent they're going to grow into. It really honors those differences. Well, and for me, it made a nanny so necessary because I was having tremendous anxiety about not knowing how to take care of him. I mean, from the point of I had, I was exclusively breastfeeding, but I would pump and bottle feed because I didn't know when he was crying, if it was hunger or what, and I felt like at least feeding him from a bottle, I would know how many ounces he had. So for me, having a nanny who I trusted and who I knew was doing a really good job taking care of Eli she was not only teaching me how to take care of Eli but I was perfectly free to go back to work and do everything that I felt like I needed to do for me without worrying about him I mean there was not one day that I had to worry that he wasn't being taken care of which doesn't mean parenthood was worry free <laughs> no, no certainly not <laughs> certainly not and then you know eventually of course that turns into there's someone else who's the parent for my child and maybe it's not me but it okay, was, I want to come back to that. Was, it it I, was definitely the fact that she just sort of came in and took over, which would normally be the opposite of what would work for me, really worked well for me. And two and a half years later, I mean, she's part of our family. Yes. Okay, I'm going to come. I wrote that question down that we can revisit it. Who's the parent? Um, <laughs> because, of course, that's going to be a big um, process or negotiation or collaboration within that relationship. Okay, Melissa, Hi. you have a unique story too. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. Um, it was It's incredible to hear you say all that and just to be so real about it. Uh, my experience finding my nanny was somewhere marrying Stacy's. Uh, around eight months into my first girl, I was very tired. Very Tell us how old your daughters are. Uh, my, my daughters are four and one is two and a half. 
Um, so when my first daughter was eight months old, I was exhausted from nursing. I was doing it all, trying to be the hero, you know, learning the ropes, all alone with no help, you know, thinking what's going on that I can't get this together. I'm eight months in, you know, I should be recovered, my body, everything. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, I was exhausted, depleted, you know, sleep deprived, you know, everything, the whole thing. So I cried to my girlfriends, you know, oh, I need help. I need help. And my mother is actually the one who sat me down and said, you know, coming from a culture of having help and nannies and the Latin culture of, you know, always having a live in, which is the norm. She said, you know, you've got to find that and implement it here. And I said to my mother, you know, you're crazy. That's so mean. You know, I want to raise my child. You know, I had this mentality of how could you say this to me in the moment? And she just explained it to me, you know, the concept of self-care and the concept of still being very much present um, with her there. And me and my husband fought about it for weeks. And I said, where do I find this woman that doesn't exist? You know, a nanny that's part-time, you know, that won't take over, but that will help, that I can trust. Um, and I really was hormonal and control freak style. So basically, it was an impossible task <laughs> to find this perfect woman that right, I didn't so even know what it looked so like. So did you go through some horror stories challenges? or I was lucky because I, I swear that I even think to this day, I look back, I still have the same nanny, and she's a godsend. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Um, she found me just like I found her, and it was a good fit culturally. Uh, spiritually, emotionally, um, and it's such a strange way to describe it, um, but I hold a very clear boundary around, you know, the help, quote, quote, and we have a very beautiful friendship and a loyalty, and there's a second mother feeling mm -hmm. and a mutual respect, but there's also a very clear boundary. Did she help to define that because of her experience, or did you define that, or did it just evolve? It's constantly evolving daily. Like what? It's it's a, such a beautiful dance, and it, it's really been. I've been so lucky to be doing it naturally and intuitively with her, and you know, it's it's a lot of unspoken. Can you describe her? Would you describe how you found her. Describe that first meeting. How you knew it was right. Okay. And then how you've started to build that relationship. Because, I mean, here, I think what, what's going to be interesting about this is you're not just looking for that caregiver for your child. This You're looking for the person that you will be able to have a relationship with. Yes, um, 100%. 100%. So, so we met through a mutual friend um, who had a daughter the same age. She had trained her, so to speak, quote, quote, trained her in, in her household how to be with her kids, et cetera. So she came sort of set in the tone of her household and the way she runs it. And I was able to tweak it. Um, and she came, and I really had no idea where to start. I interviewed her. The interview was very relaxed. I didn't know what to ask. Um, and I just had her come in one day, and I wouldn't leave her alone with the child. <laughs> I just was there watching, and I said, you know, I was very honest with her. I said, I don't know how this works. And she said, don't worry. And she was kind of the same way. Mm -hmm. And it was very fluid and very vulnerable and very, um, she treaded very carefully. And she did, you know, what Stacy described with her nanny, that she kind of took over and in a, in a subtle, respectful way that didn't trigger me. Yeah. 
and it was very welcomed and very difficult at the same time. So it was like, oh, relief. And then, you know, I had moments where I'd get triggered and say, no, you know, I'd prefer it done this way. And she would, you know, relax and, you know, tone it down. And kind of we like danced a while. Okay, let's talk about for both of you, I'm sure you, because you've both had them in your lives for so long, one of those situations, the trigger, that conversation of, I prefer it done this way, or where you had to reestablish um, a priority or a boundary. Um, do, okay. Was that vivid in your mind as you were describing that? Well, we just have a recent one now. Um, so my kids are spoiled bar a nanny, which is a beautiful thing. And it has that grandmother, you mm-hmm. know, the stereotype of, oh, they can do no wrong. There's a lot of love. You know, a little bit less boundaries than with mommy and daddy, which is kind of difficult. And... You know, one day I said, you know, I don't want to come home to a house where the kids are screaming and it's a free-for-all. And I want my husband to come home from work and I don't want craziness, screaming, you know, Indians running wild. So I just said, but wait, you know, I also don't want her disciplining my kids because I, you know, heads would roll. <laughs> right, right. So I had to choose between, you know, how do I get my children to be disciplined with this woman? Or how do I, and she doesn't have a, you know, the bone in her body. It's just not there. So, you know, it's like, what do I really want? And I had to get really clear on it. And it was very challenging. And I still struggle with it some days. I mean, we've been working on it for months. And I've come full circle to the fact that, you know, my kids know who's boss. When I'm around, the rules apply. And when they're around, when, when I'm not around, it's different rules. And, you know, within reason, of course. But I've kind of come full circle and I've just allowed it to just role. You've allowed somebody to do something differently than the way you would, knowing that that comes, it doesn't come from a a weakness, like I have no control over this. It comes from a a question within yourself. How do I want her interacting with my children? And don't I often have contradictory expectations? Yes. So so And knowing that she can't be everything, because she can't be you and not you all at the same time. Right. You hit it on um, you hit the nail on the head. The contradiction. The contradiction. It's not fair. It, it comes from a fear and anxiety. Go ahead. Um. Well, in our house, it's just I mean, it's a little different, almost the opposite, and maybe it's because even since the time my son was so young, sh- you know, my nanny was teaching me versus me telling my nanny how it would be, and and kids are perceptive, and my son is maybe overly perceptive and always has been, but. You know, for instance, I'll ask her, does Eli need to go to the doctor? Like, if Eli wakes up with a little bit of a cold, it's still that I trust her to make that decision. And maybe that plays into his relationship with her because, and we spoke about this at the last podcast that I was on, I'll tell him, I'll step in you know, from a disciplinary standpoint and say time out or something like that. I mean, we're getting better, but he'll he'll almost laugh at me. If she even looks at him cross, he is like this little well-behaved so angel. <laughs> and I'm like, I look at her like, how did you do that? But he just, you know, he knows that she's the boss. I mean, she's, and and part of that isn't always great because I think he probably recognizes that she's the boss of me a little bit too, <laughs> um, which she sort of is. Um, but there's a comfort and a familiarity right, right. and a security to that for both of you. And part of that is, 
I don't feel challenged by that because when there have been places and there have been places where what I want to do is different than what I would say she would naturally do, she has no problem changing gears and what I'll call doing it my way. For instance, you know, sleep training. Uh, So we've gone from at the beginning, she stayed with us a lot. Now she goes home every day but one day um, that she stays over. But, at you know, around the time that we started sleep training, she would be out of the, you know, four, five weeknights, she would stay over two. And then so and we would my husband and I would be alone with Eli the other three and we were sort of getting good at sleep training and then she'd come and we'd have a backwards night because he'd cry she'd take him out and let him sleep in the bed with her of course and they've always had that like comforting relationship but finally we had to say okay it's rough for us on the weekend after you've stayed over on a Thursday night because Friday he wants to sleep in bed you know, the bed instead of the crib. Saturday, he knows it's not going to happen, but he'll cry about it. Sunday, he sleeps. Monday, he sleeps. And Tuesday, you're back to stay over. So, but she had no problem. You know, I'm sure internally she struggled with it because nobody's good at listening to a baby cry a little bit. But she, she didn't give me a hard time, at least, about doing it what we decided was going to be our way. So that's part of why I, it's easy for me to let her be the boss. Because if it's something I feel strong about, it sort of happens my way. Yeah, Perfect. she's respectful, yeah. And, so, yes. and back to that other question, then who's the parent? So even though he knows she's the <laughs> that's boss. That's like an issue-by-issue issue situation <laughs> in our house. But I'm, and that's okay. But even <laughs> if, I mean, I'm guessing, because from mm-hmm. a school point of view, where, where children fall in love with their teachers um, and have this deep connection, um, parents might often feel like, Oh, but what, you know, there's that question, do they love them more? Is it, or is there is a comparison? But the bottom line is children always seem to know. And 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 certainly with with um, daycare where there's where there's infant drop off and all that, mm-hmm. no one ever replaces the parent. You oh, know, the yeah, research right. is so very very clear that children's bond with their parents um, will never be replaced. So you are the parents. They, your children know they are the parents. How do you know that he knows you are the parent? So as between myself and my nanny, I never had that issue because Eli was always, you know, the minute I would walk through the door, he would be mommy, 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 until, of course, it was time for my nanny to leave. And then he'd, he would cry when she left at night. When he was, you know, I would say from around one to even now sometimes for a couple of minutes, he'll be mopey when she leaves. But again, he's better at transitions now, so it's less of an issue. But I had that problem um, because of working so much that I remember it was his first day of transition and my mom was going to come with him to transition. So I've had more of that problem with my mom than my nanny because my mom was taking him to transition and I felt like she was getting to do all these things that my whole life I had pictured I would do with my kids. I recognize that I am not a normal person. I mean, I walked in and quit my job. Um, that I had been at for quite some time. Um, 
because I just, I, I said, whoa, this isn't like the parent-child relationship I had imagined. I'm not sure this is the life I want. I imagine a normal person would have thought that through more, made sure they had another job lined <laughs> up. It's okay, we but, got it. We got it. Yeah, look, she's it, very it worked out. It worked. It worked out very well, and I've been able to now. I mean, it's how I'm here this morning. I've been able to now morph my career into something for me that works better with parenting. But interestingly, I just didn't have that. Who's the parent? Because you know with who my you nanny. Are. But I, I do have that struggle alternatively with my mom sometimes. Or when my mom would say to me, oh, he does. And my nanny would never say this to me. But, what, you know, my mom feels she can say to me, he never behaves that way with me. Oh, I hate that. And, and oh. she does. And, and he's like an angel. It's true. It's true. But it doesn't make me feel very good about it. Well, and I am here to say, and I, would, I say this they in classrooms all, all the time, especially, well, grandparents can say that. Fathers can say that. Um, my and, husband and, says that. And the teachers say that. The teachers have a completely and, different view of my child yeah. than I have. And, and, <laughs> that, and what that is for me, I mean, that is the depth and strength of attachment. Because you show your most vulnerable side, you show your, excuse the phrase, the uglier sides. You know, we have our meltdowns, we have our, we put out all of ourselves with the people we love and trust the most. And so, yes, that's not an appropriate thing to say, but on this podcast where the world is going to say it all the time, take that deep breath and go, that's what makes me the parent. That's what makes me the person that my child feels like I can show you my my, I can show you all my inner stuff, and you, I know you'll mm-hmm. hold it and hold it sacred for me. So, yeah, yeah it's a gift. Uh, it's yeah, a it gift. Is, it and um, Sometimes, but most of the time. <laughs> but on the decision-making, like I said, on the decision-making, you know, as opposed to probably every other aspect of my life, I'm happy to defer to my nanny. Yeah. I mean, I really am. She's raised, I mean, she's, she's yeah, older, so her. she's yeah. raised... Two kids, a million nieces and nephews. She's got like a bajillion grandchildren. So I'm perfectly content deferring to her on something like, does he need to go to the doctor? I mean, I sat down and spoke to her about him starting school when he started school. But what I love about the two of you, and I think that for, for families out there that are experiencing the challenges with finding nannies, and again, you also... That went, can be rough. That is rough. So let's go there because what you two have done is been very, very true to who you are, to your sense of, mm-hmm. I trust this because of what I'm seeing in the moment. And the question that I've been getting, and for whatever reason, for the last few weeks, there's been a lot of nanny questions. People start and then quit. People get, I mean, sometimes you start a relationship and it's not a great fit, or the person thought they could commit to something that they can't commit to. And how you manage to stay optimistic and hopeful and know this is I think what the two of you have is this is what I need and I will find it you have a clarity of looking for the right person that gives you that has helped you versus other people who've gone through repeated struggles with finding a perfect nanny oh and I recognize that part of it has just got to be luck because yes, I have just I have Two close friends that I that I met through our family time program who have had so I'll tell you each of their experiences, one of their experiences, and 
it's terrible. Two professionals, two lawyers married to each other. Um, Now they have two kids. At the time, they only had one child, but they had such a hard time because for the first three months of the baby's life, their first baby's life, they had this wonderful nanny who one day something happened and she had to go tend to family and it was unclear when she was coming back or any of that and they were left in a situation where they had to find another nanny. Well, from then, which was probably about a year and a half ago until now, they must have had five or six people, five or six nannies travel through their house that, that didn't work. And so, you know, part of it, Part of, I think, the great relationship I have with my nanny is when she does something that if it were someone else would bother me, I think about what other people go through. And so to put it in perspective isn't so bad. To find that to, to find that balance in a relationship that it won't be perfect. Right. And that the quality of the relationship may be more important than some of the ups and downs. Right. Yes. You know, uh, for me yes. and my husband and our work schedules, it's incredibly frustrating to us that, you know, I would say our nanny probably needs more time off than I think another professional nanny might. But we've got the consistency of knowing she's coming back. You know, even if she goes for two weeks every April and then another week. Like, she, she probably takes a lot of time. Um, but to us, it's well worth it because of knowing what the alternative is, knowing she's going to come back, knowing all of that. So you've adapted your expectations and your priorities right. based on what her needs are to continue a relationship that will last because we have for, to. for almost yes. three years. yes. I we, think that's important to put out there. Well, we've um, had to, and it, and thing, it's yeah. necessary because we recognize that if we, if she's not getting what she needs out of it, just like the flip side, if we weren't getting what we needed, we'd have a problem. I mean, the terror of her leaving, I mean, I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's just terrifying. I mean, my husband and I run our own businesses. <laughs> Both of our businesses would shut down. If yes. she left, le- it would turn us on our heads. I mean... And the other family I was going to talk about, they had a wonderful nanny who, you know, they had some ups and downs with two, which I think is normal, but they had a nanny that was with them for about a year and a half, and that nanny, with no notice, had to leave. And they were just, it's sort of one of those, you throw your hands up in the air and you go to your next best option, but it's hard after you've had what felt like a good fit, even though if you think you had maybe a couple of issues here and there, and it's you know, you know to like bring you think someone of new. So many workplaces, you know, where Stuff one, happens. you know, things happen, and it's like I'll never replace this person, and then you realize now, how do I find, how do I make the position fit the person's strengths rather than keep waiting for that incredibly precise fit to this this very demanding position. So you've had the same experience. What have you had to compromise on, Melissa? I have a mutual respect with my nanny that, you know, I it's so open now that I even am starting to schedule my kids for camp for the fall school year next year. I said, you know, you need your income. Let's work, let's work through this. And, you know, I share her with another a friend of mine. So we're I'm very fluid around scheduling and she's very respectful and she holds it really beautifully she's called in sick maybe once a year 
<laughs> and taken advantage of it once a year. So there's a really wow. there's a really amazing yeah. And when she calls in sick, okay, whatever you need. I mean, it's gotten to the point where she had to have emergency surgery. I said, whatever you need, I'm paying your time off. If it's a month, you know, don't worry, because it's her only income. And you know, in that respect, you know, I had postpartum with my second child. She was there for me, and she stayed late. You know, and there's a really unusual love underneath the profession that she has. Um, but there was no crossing of a boundary and there was a nice, so it's a, it's a really unique thing we have. Do you think you have a different experience coming from a, a Latin culture where, um, that is a more normal in the, where, where homes are extended families with, help, um, with help? You know, where, you know, in my mom's generation or I guess the generation before me, they're treated more like, it's interesting. I was just talking about this with someone, um, She'll bark an order. No please, nothing. So there's a really noticeable difference. And she means no disrespect. But I, I say to my mother, Mom, you can't speak like, like that, you know. You, there's no consciousness around it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or even, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Even, you know, when I see her working at my friend's house. She's also Latin. You know, peel these potatoes. You know, where in my house, I'll say, you know, excuse me you know, would you peel these potatoes when you have a moment between playing with the kids? Yeah. You know, any time today would be great. Because your priorities might be different than your friend's priorities. But there's a real subtle but palpable difference yeah. in the delivery and in the energy. And, you know, I think she really resonates with that. And she's old school, so she doesn't take it personally. May I ask how old she is? She's uh, young 40s. She's active and young, so... You That's know. so young to me. That is I young. mean, I had like a 60-year-old baby nurse and I have like a... 60-ish, probably closer to 65-year-old nanny. So, And yeah, those are big questions. Big difference. You know, you but have a second also, baby on the way. But it's also cultural differences. Yes, yes. So it's also yeah. cultural differences. Um, you know, we had a Jamaican baby nurse. We have a Jamaican nanny. And she, she will... It, it, it makes a difference Absolutely. in the way, you know, Everything. you discipline, the way you speak to someone. I mean, for the first year, she called my child Master Eli. Oh. And it was cute. And like. now she'll say it cutely sometimes, but it took a while for her to not be formal with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and That's now she point. knows she's part of our family and we've gotten there. But that was that was probably the hardest part because... I'm so not formal. I mean, even with strangers, um, that and that it could was, throw her off. I mean, because right. you know, she, I'm sure she it's found different. great comfort in that structure of the old relationship. Yes, you know, and and she, she's someone who's very structured and tremendous consistency. And it's funny because when we talk about who's the parent. I see just as many traits that my husband and I have in my son. I see traits that my nanny has in my son. I feel? really of do. Course, yeah. uh, to me, it's great because it, it you know, mostly um, I, I see some good ones. So it's, to, to me, it's great. But, you know, it's interesting, especially when people want to talk about all these things with their children that are nature versus nurture, you know, 
I've, I've got a child that's living proof that there's something to this nurture theory. Yeah. Well, and it's one, and, well, go ahead, Melissa. I want you to say how you see that happening. And then I want to put out because sometimes, I mean, people get so anxious over what will be the influences and can they control all the influences in what their children internalize in the world. And oh, I yeah. love that even with intergen and intergenerational and intercultural, all mm-hmm. of those things are big topics because yes, you're internalizing something that's not you. And you think, well, am I okay with that? And the reality for me is, but your child is learning about different styles and different ways of being in the world and different personalities and different cultures. And it's rich. I got home last night and I started taking videos and sending them to my husband because to me, it's great. I got home last night and they they being my son and my nanny were sitting on the stairs, on the staircase, watching on her phone um, a service video from church. And, you know, we're we're raising him Jewish. I mean, we're Jewish. My my husband grew up, you know, very, very religious, like black hat Orthodox, which clearly we're very far from. Um, but they're sitting watching this church service, and my son is singing and clapping <gasps> his song about Jesus. He's having the best time ever. I don't care at all. I mean, I think it's probably the greatest thing in the world, regardless of what the religion is. She's a fairly, I don't know if it's religious or spiritual, but she's a fairly God-minded like person. And I like that he gets that from both sides. Um, And I like that he thinks it's, he knows that there's something religious about it, but he thinks it's super fun. Yeah, I love that. It's like, I love that. I don't care what he's singing about, Jesus, whoever. I mean, he was having fun with her. And those same, you know, religious morals that she has, taking who those prophets are out of the picture, obviously, are the ones (laughs) that we're trying to teach him too. So it's actually helpful to me that she's a little bit religious rather than her fault. I mean, I know parents who would have walked in and lost their mind. Yes. And that's why I think what you're putting out for us today that's so valuable is part of the success, if not a significant part of the success, is that both of you are so open to 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 this being a collaboration of sorts. She tells you like he's Jewish. She tells you like Jesus <laughs> so she's is got Jewish. The Jewish. I, mean. I want you to share some of your influence stories. So, I forgot everything, but basically I just was like so organized that I forgot. My nanny brings a lot to the house and, you know, in a respectful way. And I think being a control freak, self-proclaimed, clearly, and hormonal still years later, you know, it's obvious. But it doesn't bother me. I don't feel threatened. You know, before we were saying, do you feel threatened by your nanny and the love between mom? Not at all. I encourage it. I welcome it. My husband does get a little triggered sometimes. But there's no question from my, you know, my particular side, I have no, no, you know, there's no charge around it whatsoever. And in fact, I encourage it when my kids, you know, you know, run up to her when she comes and she hasn't put her hand back down or when, you know, they cry and she's leaving. Is it annoying? Yes. You know, but I, I would much rather that than the opposite. And, you know, to me, that's a good thing. I love it. That's exactly yeah. how I feel. Yeah, it's a good thing. I don't yeah, care. and uh, what, but it what, bothers some people. It, it bothers. I mean, my I have I have friends who have let go of nannies because they feel their kid is almost too attached, and that it somehow detracts from 
their relationship with their child. And I just, I mean, I guess it's different mind frames, different personalities. I think it's the greatest thing. It would be weird to me. I would have concern about leaving my son with someone who he wasn't excited to see, wasn't bothered when they left. I mean, we went on a, a long vacation this year. We went away for seven days without her. And it was probably the longest he's ever not seen her re- really since he was five weeks old. And one day he said, Mommy, let's call Jay. That's her name. And I said, all right, baby, let's call Jay. You know, and he was he he wants that. I'm, I love that. Yeah, and you got to ask yourself, what's up there if your child, you know, if you are having triggered issues around it? Like, ask yourself as a parent. So how do you handle your husband's? You know, I hear him out, and there's, you know, it's like, hey, you know, that's your stuff, basically. I, and I hold it, and, you know, he's entitled to it, but, you know, do you want... It's like, it's really, you know, to really cut out the extra, like, do you want to find someone else? Because... Or do you have hesitation? Or, you know, what is this really about? I have to say and it's the not exact to be mean. same thing. It's very, like, laid on the table, <laughs> like, you know, she's awesome. It, and if you have issues, mm-hmm. sort them out with her directly. But, to be, but it, they have <laughs> right. to come to the light. And then you have to ask yourself, is this worth a change? Is this not worth a well, change? Well, and that's what I struggle with with my husband sometimes because I would say he is... He runs his own business, and he's very business-minded. And yes. he, way more than I, you know, she's we both employee. recognize that she's family. Yes. We both yeah, recognize that she's family, but, you know, there's that she's our employee thing to him. And sometimes when there's a, what seems to him like a ridiculous request for time off or no notice before all of a sudden there's this, thing that was planned or (laughs) he gets all worked up and I have to hear him out but then I I say pretty much the same thing you do let's talk about what our alternatives are here when we talk about the alternatives we've got such a great situation I mean they're unimaginable that we would take one of those alternate road options but it doesn't it, it it doesn't calm him down in the moment either. And he'll say to me, you forget that she works for us. Like, by the way, we pay her. <laughs> I mean, he'll say that. By the way, we pay her. Well, like, she well, works well, What I'm thinking us. is you guys are on the same page, and it's the husbands <laughs> who are having those, those responses. But I think in other people's homes where people might be listening to this, both both grown-ups, both parents might be feeling that. And what you're telling me for to tell everyone out there is, okay, now let's look at all of those options and choices. So my big takeaway from this conversation is, first, you both trusted yourselves. When you saw them in your house with your children, you went, this is working. Let's step forward into it and watch and see how it evolves, how it emerges. And it's never perfect, and it's never finished, and it's always this this conversation and this self-reflection. And you guys have been honest and really dutiful to yourselves to, to making sure that this relationship is working. So it's not easy. It's not like you hire somebody, they fit the bill, you do the checklist on the to-do list. I don't think so, that person exists. I don't think they do. And so if somebody's struggling, you know, find, 
make those priorities for what really, really is essential for your lives, for your children and for yourselves. Because it's not just about the kids. This has to work for both for the parents and for the family and for your lifestyle. People say to me all the time, I don't know, so our nanny doesn't drive. And people say to me all the time, that would be a deal breaker for me. Yeah, I don't let my What's the point? What's the point of having a nanny when you work 60 hours a week? What's the point of having a nanny if you're running around and you're sending someone here and you're sending someone there? You know, I have a separate person that I I wouldn't call them a nanny. I have a separate person that I have hired part-time who even drives my son, who picks him up from school and brings him home and all of that. And people tell me that would be a deal breaker. But for me, it's not. I just, I... You guys have been very resourceful problem solvers through this. We're going to do our wrap-up. I, I thank you very, very much. Because I think no, you've, you've you. given experiences that will change or give lots of people lots of things to think <laughs> about. But the wrap-up is always the same. How have you got this? What do you know that is truly working for you, for right here, for right now, and for your families um, that you can share with everybody out there? Melissa. How have I got nannies under control? It's really, <laughs> I mean, is that what you're asking? Sort of, yes. Like the whole thing. It's, it's, it's a great actual thing. It's a phrasing. But yeah, not the actual nanny. It's a great, uh, in general, the situation. The situation. Not or the nannies, person. Or, you know, or nannies. Um, It's an organic process for, you know, just, it's so not about the checklist for me personally. It's so not about, you know, the interview, the one hour interview that you do with her. It's so about the effortless, you know, day-to-day activities, training them, being real, being natural, you know, and, you know, finding the right fit, really. It's not rocket science. So it's just about, you know, being open, even if it's, you know, not going through a babysitting service or you know, care.com or whatever you want to call the, you know, asking friends. It's very easy. You don't have to make it hard. You don't have to make it hard. Thank you. Uh, You don't have to make it hard. And I think part of that and the reason why, you know, my nanny works for our family is uh, the recognition that there's no one person, first of all, who's going to be able to do everything the way you would do it, you know, in the time frames in which you would do it as the parent. And there's nobody who's going to have everything. There's no one who's... there isn't someone who's going to have everything and there's no one who's going to be you. So it's picking what's most important and recognizing that there's other stuff that goes along with that. Well, and I just want to add, you can, I mean, I personally am picky and am demanding to some degree. Um, and, you know, you can have what you want for your child. Believe it. Mm-hmm. Believe, Believe it. it. Yeah, Believe absolutely. It. And it exists. It, I mean, it's just a matter of finding the right fit. So, you know, there, there is a weird you know, ironic thing there. Like, you have, you do have to be relaxed, but you do, you can be choosy, and you can get what you, you need. You have to be kids. choosy. Yes. I think, it, again, we'll end with a contradiction. Yes, yeah. that you can truly honor yourself, you can yeah. truly feel good about it, and you can honor them as well. Yes. Thank yes. you so very Thank much. Thank you. So, that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www 
familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.